Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Joyce Barry and Friends, the number one worldwide radio show. The show is outrageous and it's contagious. It will lift your spirits high, you'll feel that you can fly. Transform your attitude, fill it with gratitude. Cut loose and improvise this coaching time today. Joyce is a great coach with an extraordinary approach. Fast on the upbeat, top of the heap. A wild motivator, great simulator. Unstoppable in a humoristic way. Life lessons with passion, joyfully today. You want Joyce as your coach if you want this to be your best year ever. Coach Joyce here. I want this to be your best year ever. I want this to be my best year ever. I want this to be the best year ever for Father Brian McWeeny, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, our special guest today, and all you folks that are listening worldwide. Welcome to Joyce, Barry, and Friends. We are broadcasting live across America and around the world. This is the Hour to Empower with stimulating talk, views you can use, memorable quotes, and powerful life lessons. We always have hot guests and cool topics. We even have cool guests and hot topics. You always want to tune us on, tune in, and tune up with us to hear the best of the best. You do not want to miss any of our shows. Each show goes into our archives. Log into Joyce Barry and Friends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and you will see each guest and each topic on our homepage. You can play and download any of our shows, always informative, inspiring, and motivational. You want to share these special shows with your friends, family, and contacts. You can follow us on Facebook and become a Joyce Barry subscriber and even a fan by going to our Joyce Barry and Friends fan page. Be sure to check like. You can follow us on Twitter. You can follow us by going to our Blog Talk Radio homepage and clicking follow right below my picture. You can also message me in any of these venues about our show, about our guests, about anything. My official website is JoyceBarry.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E. The chat room is open. Log into the chat room, have fun, and chat away. I go back and forth into the chat room during the show to see what is going on in there. Motivation, inspiration, and an education. Positive, happy thoughts to improve your life, health, and finances. Take positive actions to create a gratifying lifestyle. Life lessons from me, your host, Joyce Barry, straight from the Coach's Corner, and then you will hear from our wonderful guest today. Folks, every day should be treated like a special day. We wish you the finest of friends, the opulence of opportunities, the magic of miracles, and the happiest of days. May this year be your best year ever. Folks, I'm very excited about today's show because, indeed, my favorite holidays are Christmas and Hanukkah, both of them very much so. Uh, I sing Christmas songs all year round because they're my favorite songs, always upbeat. I love the movies, the Christmas movies. I could watch them over and over again because they always make me feel good. So I truly love and respect both holidays equally. I just want to share three similarities of Christmas and Hanukkah, and right after that I'll introduce you to our very special guest, Father Brian. A while, number one, while Christmas's central icon is the Christmas tree and Hanukkah's central I- icon is the men- menorah, 
Both are filled with light, the Christmas tree through lighted decorations and the menorah through the glow of the candles. Both Christmas and Hanukkah commemorate miracles, Christmas with the virgin birth and Hanukkah with the miracle of the Jerusalem temple oil lasting eight days. And Three, both holiday stories are centered around a pivotal family. Hanukkah features the story of the brothers Maccabee, and Christmas is centered around Jesus, Mary, and Joseph, and those are just three similarities. Uh, when I was in college, my thesis was on comparative religion, so I know a little bit about Easter and Passover, Christmas and Hanukkah, and um, I love the way uh, people respect Easter each other's religion and want to learn a thing or two about it so happy holidays folks and today i'm bringing to you my favorite holiday heroes we are very blessed to have with us father brian mcweeney the director of ministries and organization community outreach of the archdiocese of new york and Later on in the show, we'll have Rabbi Joseph Potasnik, the Executive Vice President of the New York Board of Rabbis. They are brothers in faith, the Jewish faith and the Christian faith. You will hear how they each join the celebration of the others. And our goal today is to invite you to experience the ceremonies and traditions of people outside your face. There is so much to learn, to enjoy, and to appreciate. What better time to start than with Hanukkah and Christmas? We should all be brothers and sisters in faith to be more connected and make the world a better place. Welcome to the show, Father Brian McWeeney. Thank you for inviting me. <laughs> Always a pleasure. Uh, what would you like to say about, uh, well, you could start anywhere. I mean, when I found out from Rabbi Potasnik that you go to candle lighting ceremonies for Hanukkah. So anywhere you want to start, anything you want to share, please go ahead. Well, I think Rabbi would agree that uh, these two seasons, though they are observed by two separate faith experiences, have a great deal of similarity. Uh, when we uh, celebrate the coming of Jesus, for us as Christians, it is bringing the light of God into the world in a very unique way. What happens is in Hanukkah, we're celebrating the light that comes from the oil that lasted eight days uh, when the Maccabees uh, purified the temple. So it is a religious experience for both of light, but also of freedom. We're celebrating the freedom of being able to celebrate one's faith experience without any coercion, without any interference. And that's very, very important. And it was a joy for me to be privileged to light one of the candles uh, last night uh, for the American uh, uh, Jewish Committee, uh, good friends of mine. And we were noticing how uh, our faith experiences have been drawing together over the last 50 years. And we're certainly grateful for that uh, to happen uh, again and again in so many different ways. How did that feel for you to be a part of that ceremony? Well, I, I felt uh, very privileged. Uh, as the Holy Father, uh, Pope John Paul II, now a saint of God, he uh, talked about the Jewish community as being our elder brothers, and I really felt like I was just another member of the family. You know, maybe a distant cousin at this point, but still a <laughs> member of the family. 
Oh, well, I have to say, as a Jewish person, that when I went to the Christmas uh, Eve Mass at St. Patrick's Cathedral in New York, my mind was totally blown away. There were thousands of people around the block lined up to get in. I went in early uh, because I wanted to sit up front. I really wanted to take in everything. And as I sat down, I said to the person next to me, I'm probably the only Jewish person in here, when the fellow right behind me tapped me on the shoulder and he said, no, lady, I'm Jewish too. And it really struck home uh, what a blessing it was for me to be there and and be a part of it and and share with people that is something one must do is well of course one can go into a church at any time and and be a part of that service on Sundays but Christmas Eve the mass wow it was awesome and I love being there one of, one of the things uh, I I would say though uh, Joyce just a little bit of a corrective uh, in talking about the Christmas tree. For most of us, that's not the center uh, symbol of the season. Uh, In fact, um, it is the creche. And the creche is a very interesting thing. It's a reminder of the humble birth of Christ. And I think all of us, uh, no matter what faith experience, come together uh, on that day of Christmas and say, wow, you know, the humility of God, the humility of being born in a stable and yet is able to uh, share himself with all of us. One of the things that's always impressive to me, and I'm sure you being at St. Patrick's uh, would see this, in the creche, in the center of the crash, and, and it's a very interesting ceremony, uh, Joyce, where the cardinal uh, walks down the main aisle with uh, the baby Jesus in his hand, and he goes over to the uh, crash and installs uh, the statue in the center part of the of the uh, manger, and the hands of every single statue that you'll ever see has hands extended. And I think that extension of a hand is an invitation to all of us to experience the joy of Christmas, for all of us to recognize that we are brothers and sisters of the one God. First of all, thank you for letting me know that. Um, I guess that in my mind when I said uh, the tree was the central icon is because people that may not be religious in any religion, everybody knows about the Christmas tree. I mean, I love trees. I I love, you know, looking at the different decorations. It's something that everyone could relate to. So thank you for sharing that, and um, I I do appreciate it. And like I said, when I think of Christmas, I think of two things immediately besides, obviously, the birth of Christ. I think of Santa Claus, who I still believe. (laughs) I do believe in Santa. And at this time of year, whenever I get something unexpected or a miracle, I go, thank you, Santa, for remembering me. So I do do love Santa. And I think of the tree. And I've had friends that invited me to come over and help light it, which I've done, uh, and and decorate it, which I've done. And uh, it's just something that everyone can identify with. Well, when I was in a parish and I'd be speaking to the children, I would always talk to them about how Santa is the closest friend to Jesus because he imitates the Lord. How does he do that? Well, we have this picture of him going back to the North Pole after having visited every home. He doesn't discriminate one against another. He visits everyone. He goes to every nation. 
He touches every particular culture. Also, when we see Santa, we never see a grumpy Santa. We always see a smiling, hopeful, joyful, loving Santa. And finally, when he goes back to the North Pole, there is nothing left in the, maybe a few breadcrumbs, but that's about all. There's nothing else in that sled because he has given out everything he could possibly do. And so we as Christians believe that the Lord is a comfort to all of us, is always smiling on us and trying to guide us, even if we don't want to go where he wants to go, and also gives of himself to us uh, not only in his earthly existence, but in his heavenly existence. Wow, that was very powerful indeed. And I do want to say that um, uh, at the end of the year last year, I'm going to have it again this year, I got an exclusive interview straight from the North Pole with Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus. And these were the questions that every child and every adult always wanted to know. So we did get the exclusive on that straight from the North Pole. <laughs> now, one thing, you, uh, we have to realize uh, where uh, Santa Claus came from. And he was the uh, original Santa Claus, because as you know, we pass on everything from generation to generation. Originally, he was a bishop. That's why he wears red. And as a bishop, he looked around and saw wonderful young ladies. But they were all poor. And because they were poor, many of them could not get married. And so he would go out under the cloak of darkness and drop coins in the shoes that would be standing outside the houses because that was the custom. And he would put all of the coins in there so that young ladies had a dowry. And so that's how the tradition of giving uh, began. And, and his name was St. Nicholas. And as you can tell, when children were talking about St. Nicholas, St. Nicholas, it soon became Santa Claus. Wow, I never knew the origin. I, I did a lot of homework uh, to get... Uh, not to leave out any of the questions for Santa when I got my exclusive interview, but I never really looked into the origins, so next I will do that because uh, I find it so fascinating. As I said, I I really love Santa and all that Santa stands for, just as I have the utmost respect uh, for the Christian religion as well and all that that stands for. And that's why I assert as good people whatever your religion, become brothers and sisters in faith, any faith, uh, just so we can pray together, we can stand together to wipe out those that intend to do us harm. I, I concur. And one of the things that I, I wanted to say is, uh, as a priest, I don't see necessarily a contradiction between uh, observing the tradition of Santa Claus and observing the religious significance, the overwhelming religious significance of the day. I think when we overemphasize the materialism of the season, then we're violating the rules of Santa Claus and of religious experience. Oh, that is so true, Father Brian. Uh, the, the commercialism is, is so prevalent in society that sometimes people overlook the symbolism of what the holidays stand for, which is gratitude, appreciation, faith, hope. So that does take precedence oftentimes where the focus is on the gift giving and, and the scrambling for gifts and uh, the cards and all that, which I think it's great that it's a part of it, but not all of it. That's correct. So uh, getting back to the similarities, my favorite one, because I'm someone who always believed in miracles, is that there are miracles connected with each one. And I think that's 
awesome. Uh, the uh, Hanukkah with the oil, but I mean, you can't compare that to the birth of Jesus and how the story is centered around that. Uh, anything you want to share? Anything further about the similarities or uh, supporting folks in appreciating all religions as long as they're on the side of good and not evil? Well, Hopefully all religions are on the side of good. Uh, Sometimes some people get lost and they use religion, or I should better say misuse religion to defend whatever positions they might have. But it's very, very important to uh, see in each of the miracles you mentioned just two signs of many signs of God's miraculous presence in the world. Uh, One of the things, uh, Joyce, uh, when you talk about miracles, I think of the birth of a child, and I'm a little weird, so uh, bear with me. When I see a child born, the most significant thing to me is his fingernails. And you see those fingernails that he's born with or she is born with in perfect condition. Not even Michelangelo could possibly produce a beauty like the fingers and the fingernails of a young child. That's God's miracles coming into the world over and over again. And because they come into us over and over again, what happens? We take them for granted. So I think it is your philosophy and certainly mine that we take a look at the world and see the miraculous in everyday life. Absolutely, and I look for miracles every day. I believe that birth is a miracle and how people come out with two eyes, two arms, two legs, etc. That is indeed a miracle. And having had a near-death experience at the end of June, I certainly appreciate the miracle of just waking up each day and being okay. So we have to be in gratitude always for that which we have and not focus on that which we don't have. Oh, absolutely right. And uh, Rabbi and I, and indeed every religious figure, uh, realize that and try to share that with the people of God. I was thinking about how I reflected on uh, the Christmas tree being the central icon and not wanting to give misinformation. Uh, so I will now, when I share that, I'll say uh, 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 probably the most popular. Wouldn't that be true? Because that would, that would include very, 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 people from war religions, yes. that that's what they know. That, that's absolutely correct. Uh, you know, it uh, is certainly something that we uh, uh, enjoy. Um, I will have my tree up as well as my crash because it is part of the season to decorate And one of the things about my tree is I have a lot of uh, ornaments. And I can tell you a story about most of those ornaments because they would have been given to me by my good friends or family. And uh, it reminds me of them. And so when I put them on the tree, I always will say a prayer for uh, the person who gave that particular ornament to me. Uh, Some came from the Metropolitan uh, Museum of Art. Uh, others came from, uh, you know, uh, Santa Fe out in uh, New Mexico. Uh, others are handmade uh, by the givers, and so all of them are cherished. Uh, and you probably pack them up very carefully every year with the Christmas, your favorite ornaments, and then take them out again. Well, you're forcing me to go to confession. I have wonderful uh, friends who are staff, and they do that for me. Yes. 
Um, I, I know we have a, a, a cafe here in our community, and uh, I went there uh, for breakfast one morning during the holiday season, and he had a, a Santa that you press a button, and it was singing Christmas carols. So, I mean, I I, I loved it so much because that I hadn't seen. I'd seen many Santas under the by the tree and all of that uh, and ornaments. But a singing Santa, I thought it didn't get better than that because, again, when I hear that music, it just always makes me feel good. It always uplifts me. I don't need to wait till Christmas to appreciate Christmas music. I just really love it. And, of course, there's wonderful uh, uh, movies that reveal to us uh, the wonderfulness of the time of year but also the wonderfulness of life. And uh, certainly uh, Jimmy Stewart in, in the uh, It's a Wonderful Life is something that is loved by every American. And I love the uh, various renditions of uh, the story of the Christmas Carol. Yes, uh, and Charles I've Dickens. seen... Yeah, that I've seen on Broadway as well. Uh, the, there are many versions of those. And, yes, the Jimmy Stewart movie, what a classic. Who doesn't watch that every single year? Oh, yes. There's, there's certain things that we have made part. One of the things that, that you have to realize is that we did not celebrate Christmas the way we do until Charles Dickens. You know, Charles Dickens gave us a, a, a sense of how uh, Christmas might be celebrated. You know, the Christmas tree became more of a reality. And But if you go back in history, uh, it, it's much more of a religious festival uh, than uh, something that we're used to uh, in the present day. There's so much beyond the history, the traditions, and I just find it all fascinating. Uh, uh, most of the... Uh, uh, Christmas songs I have on DVR, and as I said, I listen to them all year. Here's a little snippet. wonderful time of the year, but I'd like to see that spirit every day. I don't want to wait a year to feel the Christmas spirit. I'd love to see it on people's faces every day. And you need the song, uh, We Need a Little Christmas, <laughs> from, uh, from Maine. We need a little Christmas, and we need a lot of Santa. See that? They're always around me. Uh, Father Brian, anything else you want to say? Uh, as re We're going to do a whole show on Christmas, but anything else you want to say about uh, Christmas and Hanukkah and the joy that it's designed to bring to people everywhere? No, I think we have covered the subject uh, except to express to you and, and to all your listeners that we might all have the peace of this holy season of Hanukkah and Christmas. And as you say very correctly, uh, that we might celebrate that spirit each and every day throughout the year. Uh, we all visit uh, nursing homes do we not, uh, and take care of the elderly and make sure they experience some of the joy of the, of the year at Christmas time. But what about April 13th? What about June 16th? What about uh, August 9th? We, we should be uh, celebrating uh, the dignity of humankind, the, uh, the light that comes from faith each and every day, and not just need uh, people to tell us that, oh, it's Christmas time, uh, let's be kinder to one another. And the way to have it experienced every day for you and people around you are through random acts of kindness. 
And, folks, there is something else I want to highly recommend to you every day to make the world a better place and a difference in your life, and that's listening to our show. And here in the words of our health guru, Beverly Nadler, uh, why it is good for your health. Listen to me. I have something to say about a wonderful way to start your day, a way to stimulate your mind and increase your energy, make you feel so good. And guess what? It's free. Weekdays at 11 a.m. Eastern, hear the Joyce, Barry, and Friends show. You'll find it on the Internet, on Blog Talk Radio. This show is upbeat and fun and very inspirational. It's informative, educational, and very motivational. There's the Coach's Corner, great quotes and news. There are suggestions, perspectives, and advice you can use to enhance your life and improve your health, plus clever, simple ways to increase your wealth. Joyce's perceptions and personality will keep you captivated, and her guests from many walks of life will always keep you fascinated. When Joyce and her friends speak, it's like you're in the conversation. This is part of what makes her show so unique, really a sensation. For Joyce's friends are not only the guests you're listening to, they're everyone who is tuning in. Yes, I do mean you. So refer your friends and family They'll be so pleased to know, and let's make Joyce, Barry, and Friends the number one Internet radio show. And, folks, we ask that you partner up with us in having that happen. Simply go to JoyceBarryAndFriends.com, Barry, B-A-R-R-I-E, and right under my picture on the upper left, you'll see the word follow. If you click on that, you need not miss any of our shows. You will be apprised through email of each guest and each topic, and you will always be able to see when your favorite uh, guests are coming on again because you will be informed Uh, so by all means become a follower we really appreciate you we're very grateful for those of you who listen to us every day that are in the chat room every day Uh, without you there would be no reason to have a show father brian uh what uh, message would you like to leave with people uh regarding this holiday season I would like them just to fulfill the principles of the holiday they celebrate, principles of freedom, principles of human dignity, and I think all of us will then be in a much better society. And I always like from you a a prayer. I, I love your prayers in the moment to fit the occasion. Uh, what is your prayer for our worldwide audience? We ask Almighty God to come down upon us and to hear us and to develop in us a spirit of giving, of loving, and of faith, now and forever. Amen. Uh, we're waiting for the rabbi to join us. He isn't with us quite yet. So he should be along every second. He's pretty good with time. So um, I'll share my special poem, uh, my special prayer. Make this the last day, the very last day of your struggles, your suffering, your ill health, your misfortunes, your problems, your pain, your worries, your troubles, your trials and tribulations. May this be the first day. It is the first day of the rest of your life. May it be the beginning of the very best of your life with extraordinary wishes granted and dreams coming true. Make it the most meaningful year of making more money, good health, good luck, good fortune, attracting special people and opportunities, creating magical memories, and manifesting marvelous miracles. And that is my prayer for all of you. Uh, Folks, 
you need not look any further than the church around the corner, the synagogue around the corner, uh, people of faith, people who are spiritual, who may not even practice any particular reason. There is always something more to learn about what uh, is what other people believe in and adhere to. And it will open up your world to so much more. Uh, still no word from the rabbi. He, so, uh, Father Brian, anything else you want to say? I, I do believe he'll be along any moment. He, he probably will be, uh, but um, Rabbi has been so busy these uh, last few days, and both of us, you know, have been so involved in commiserating with uh, those who have experienced great tragedies, and we know that this year uh, there have been many of them. And uh, so he, like most, uh, you know, people, and and particularly Rabbi does so much in the larger community as well, and, and as you mentioned to me uh, privately before, he... he uh, finds his way to uh, our beautiful cathedral on uh, Midnight Mass and so that he can wish, uh, in the name of, of, of the Jewish community, uh, to the Cardinal a, a happy and holy Christmas. He's always been a faithful friend and uh, a good friend to me and to the uh, people of New York. And to be in the show as well. And speaking of the rabbi himself, here he is, my favorite rabbi, Rabbi Joseph Potasnik. First, let me add to let me add, let me ask let me add to what uh, Good Father McQueenie said. I also give to the collection, Father, because you don't care. Not that, that guy comes around with that basket, <laughs> that threatening look with that basket. So uh, it's a. Uh, it's a very special moment, and uh, I look forward to it every year. I look forward to it for a few reasons. Firstly, as um, Father said, it's an opportunity to really show that we are many and we are one simultaneously. And the second thing is I uh, I think often of my parents who came to this country and were helped by the nuns of St. Mary's Church. They helped them find employment in the community. Uh, so it's a way of saying thank you to those nuns. Uh, we live in a pluralistic society. You walk down the streets of New York, and I'm sure this is true, Joyce, where you are. You walk down, you see Christmas tree, Hanukkah menorahs, no one's seeking to uh, overshadow the other. No one's taking away from the other. Uh, we, we can live side by side. I, I was at FDNY, Fire Department of New York, last night where we had a Hanukkah ceremony. Now, you know very well that the Fire Department of New York, as many first responder agencies in New York, are, are not majority Jewish. Uh, we have a number of Jews, many Jews in these departments, but not majority. And yet the majority of the Christians think it's important to have a ceremony for Hanukkah to show that, you know, uh, we can respect and recognize one another without in any way diminishing the integrity of the other. And that's a great statement, given what's going on in the world. I mean, you wouldn't dare... Uh, you know, bring your own religious tradition in Saudi Arabia or in some of the other places where where people are are threatened, uh, you know, with death if they dare worship, uh, you know, a different god or a different tradition. So uh, we are very fortunate to live here and side by side. Um, it is it's a wonderful time of year. Now I recognize that Hanukkah doesn't have the theological underpinnings of Christmas, but it is a statement about religious diversity. The Maccabees fought back. Uh, against the Syrian Greeks because they wanted to show that we have the right to be different. So in a way, their battle, and thankfully uh, they were victorious, their battle permitted all of us to say we can be whom we want to be without interference, without imposition by anyone else. And that's a beautiful moment here in America and throughout the world where there is freedom of worship. I so agree with you about how important it is to appreciate diversity and not feel like it's taking anything away from your belief system. Folks, Rabbi Potasnik is the executive vice president of the New York Board of Rabbis, and he is what I consider a very much out-of-the-box rabbi. I wish there were more like him because Rabbi Potasnik goes to the Midnight Mass on Christmas Eve, would you like to share a bit a bit about that? You're the only rabbi I know. Perhaps there are others that makes it a point to be there every year. 
Well, I, I know there are other Jews there because years ago was Cardinal O'Connor uh, who would come down uh, to uh, a particular area where I was sitting, used to sit with uh, former Mayor Ed Koch, and he would look at us and say, I think we have a minion. We have 10 Jews here. We can start the Mass. Um, but we would have you know, a number of people from the Jewish community who would come uh, as spectators, uh, as grateful spectators. Uh, and I think the other part of it is, as Father McQueenie knows, the Cardinal really sets uh, the, the, the tone for this welcoming environment. When you have someone like Cardinal Dolan or you had O'Connor, you had Egan, these were people who in New York have relationships with the Jewish community. So I think it's very, very uh, meaningful for me in particular to be there and to say thank you. Thank you for the friendship that you extend throughout the year to the Jewish community. Uh, and I'm, I'm here to, in a, say, in a way, say that we are most grateful for all that you do for one another, for us, we do for you. It, it's, a, it's a true friendship. It's not, it's not one-sided. So the, the Midnight Mass um, is just a chance to, to listen to some beautiful music, to hear beautiful words, and to realize that I can walk out as a proud Jew as I came in, and people can walk out as proud Christians with full respect for one another. Isn't that a very powerful, powerful moment uh, for all to see and hear? Uh, that's why I call you and Father Brian holiday heroes. Uh, you totally support each other. I know you do many speaking engagements together. How did that come about, and how impactful is it when people of different faiths come together to get the message out together? Well, uh, I think Father McGuini will tell you how we met, but I can tell you this. Father McGuini was with a few of us, the other day, I don't know if you mentioned it, about the, the menorah lighting at Bowling Green. Uh, there was a raising of the Israeli flag, the lighting of the Hanukkah menorah, and there was Father McQueenie with the Deputy Consul General of Israel, standing shoulder to shoulder, uh, you know, people of different backgrounds and beliefs, and yet able to come and acknowledge uh, the beauty of the other, and realize that, you know, there are many sacred traditions under the that umbrella of religion, and uh, we can do it in such a way that it doesn't interfere with anyone else. You know, some people think sometimes that uh, when we have this kind of uh, closeness, that we're going to lose our identity in some way. Maybe that was true years ago. That's really not true today. Uh, Father is not here to convert me. I'm not here to convert him. As a matter of fact, it was John Cardinal O'Connor who said publicly from the uh, you know, from St. Patrick's uh, when he was on the altar, he said to everyone there, I am not here to ask Jews to become Christians, nor do I ask Christians to become Jews. I'm asking Jews to be better Jews. I'm asking Christians to be better Jews, better Christians. And I think that kind of attitude is what we need to promote as much as possible. So uh, it is not uncommon to have Father McWeeney participating at a Jewish event. As a matter of fact, if he's not there, there are people who say, "Where's Father McWeeny?" Because he's such he's such a familiar face and presence uh, at these gatherings. So uh, we've been together at funerals, we've been together at you know celebrations of life, uh, the holiday celebrations, the the entire spectrum. And uh, again, I walk in, you know, proud of who I am, and yet at the same time able to recognize. Uh, the pride that other people have in their faiths. I often say I look at my religion as I look at my own mom. My mom, to me, was the best. Nobody was better than she, and yet I can respect somebody else's mother. Right? Um, we all can can love our traditions, and we can still love one another. If, if I could just interrupt, Joe, uh, you, you don't know how contemporaneous your talks uh, your uh, talk is about Cardinal O'Connor because. The Vatican just issued a statement this morning against any attempt to convert Jews. Mm -hmm. It was from the Vatican. So it's not just uh, the wise uh, John O'Connor, who is, we think, part Jew, as you remember. In right. fact, I wonder if uh, you could tell uh, Joyce that story about uh, Cardinal's uh, sister. Well, interestingly, the Cardinal's sister, Mary Ward O'Connor, who is married, uh, lives in Pennsylvania, uh, is a member of our advisory of the Board of Rabbis. And uh, 
she learned a few years ago that her mother was Jewish. Uh, going through some records, she discovered in papers, uh, personal papers, that her mother was Jewish. Now, that means that the cardinal and his sister Mary are Jews. Uh, so uh, that was a, that was an inspirational story. But there was someone like Cardinal O'Connor. I think I may have mentioned to you when Billings, Montana, had that unfortunate anti-Semitic uh, incident where someone threw a rock through a window where there was a menorah. Now in Billings, you don't have many Jews, but uh, there was a Jewish home that was desecrated that way during Hanukkah. Uh, Christians in Billings, Montana, said, "You did it to one of our residents." Well, we all are family, and they all put menorahs in their window uh, that particular wow. Hanukkah of that year. Cardinal O'Connor, when he heard about it, put a menorah in his window uh, at the rectory here uh, adjacent to St. Patrick's Cathedral. So uh, who was it years ago? Uh, maybe it was Bishop Fulton Sheen who said spiritually we're all Semites. You know, uh, we're all uh, part of that larger family. And, and I think we've also come to recognize that Anti-Semitism is anti-Christianity. Anti-Christianity is, you know, anti-Semitism. You can't, you can't in any way denigrate someone else and think you're fulfilling your religious tradition. So, you know, we have the fences. Good fences make good neighbors. We have fences, but we have gates on those fences where we can walk over to be with the other, to share a special moment, and then celebrate our own uh, festivals as well. So, yeah, Cardinal O'Connor. Uh, his sister Mary and his successors have a, a, a there's a legacy of of reaching out to those of different faith communities and say we are in this together. Uh, the only way it works is through collaboration. Again, without without in any way compromising your values, your religious identity. On the contrary, I find that when I learn about Catholic tradition, for example, from Father McQueenie. It inspires me to go back to my own tradition and say, well, what does my tradition have to say about that? What do we say about that particular position? I want to know more. So it, it's, a, it's a very, very uh, interesting kind of relationship where one helps the other. First of all, that story you told with the menorah totally brought chills down my body. And I, I recall the time with the Holocaust when the Jews were asked to wear armbands uh, designating uh, that they were Jewish, the Jewish star, and how the Dutch people all wore those armbands. Mm-hmm. It reminded me of that. Yeah. Look, um, we're living in a very uh, difficult time, obviously. There are those who who just dream to fight. That's all they do. They dream to fight. Uh, the rest of us, uh, I like to think, fight for a dream. And ultimately, we'll... We will be victorious, but we pay a severe price, but we wouldn't want any, any any other way. I'd rather be on our side than on the other side. Uh, but it's good to have allies uh, in this battle. Uh, you know, you look at the story of Hanukkah. Why do they attack the temple? Why the temple? Uh, why do they desecrate the oil? What was that all about? It shows you it was much more than a military conflict. It was a spiritual conflict. The Syrian Greeks were saying to the Jews, well, you can have your oil. It's our oil that you're going to be using. It's our tradition that you're going to be practicing. You will not be able to you know, be Jewish. You're going to be members of our particular community, our faith community. Uh, and Jews said, no, we won't. So Hanukkah is not just about you know, military might. It's about spiritual might. It's about having the strength to stand up and say, you're not going to change me. Uh, I'm not looking to change you, but you're certainly not going to change me. That's why I say Hanukkah is a story of religious freedom where everybody can stand separate and together simultaneously. The question remains, there is so much on the news, the entire news show about all the horrific things that happen locally and globally. Why aren't there more stories like that about unity and people coming together? Well, you know, it's funny you say that. I was just talking to a rabbi yesterday, um, recalling a demonstration we had years ago of unity. This was following the horrific Crown Heights uh, attack. It was uh, We called it a pogrom, where a young Jew was killed. Years ago in Crown Heights, there was a riot in the city of New York. 
And we came together, people of all faiths, to say, we're not going to tolerate this. We stand against it. While we were demonstrating against what happened, there were some across the street who were yelling some ugly things. The cameras turned around and made sure they captured those people uh, who were, you know, insulting us. And they got into the newspaper. We got a little bit of mention. They got much more mention. Always. Uh, bad, bad news, bad news sells. You know, uh, give people, you know. And I always say, if the people didn't want it, they wouldn't print it. Why do we have to hear about the Kardashians? Who cares? What are they bringing to the table? And yet, day after day, there's another story about the Kardashians and some of the other scandals that take place. Um, and people always say to me, but why do they do it? And yet, we buy the papers. <laughs> what message are we sending to the papers that we won't take this anymore? You know, like That's the line of the famous point. movie. Yeah, That's we, a good we, point. You know, we're, we're the ones who support it. Um, so I, I'd like to tell people that you have a voice. Uh, and use it. Use that voice. Letters to the editor. Letters to you know various publications saying we're not going to support it. Advertisers. If advertisers would say we're not going to be part of any program or part of any publication that is sleazy, that that only t- places negative stories, you know, in it and never a positive story, then we don't want to be part of you. We're not going to give you anything. I think people would react. You know, uh, they want to be fed their fiscal support. Uh, the only way to deal with that is to cut it off or threaten to cut it off. You'll see some changes. Uh, look, there are some good stories. The trouble is you have to go through 25 bad stories to get to the good story. Uh, and it's but in it, tiny right. print in the back of the paper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Think of Father <laughs> Brian. How many people, You think of all of the, the, the soup kitchens, the homeless shelters, where they're they're over oversubscribed with volunteers. You go Absolutely especially right. this time of year, right? And so many people are volunteers. What is why do we do stories on the volunteers? I go to synagogue, I see elderly people coming with caretakers. I said once, why don't we have a story on the caretakers? These are people who sit through the service, make sure someone gets uh to the house of worship, you know, to uh to enjoy uh, a, a spiritual moment. Why do we do more stories on them? Why do we only hear about the ugliness? Uh, you know, it's like you look up at the ceiling, there's a missing tile, you have a choice. You can only look at the missing tile or the other beautiful surrounding tiles. Newspapers only want to see the missing tile. I was in, in Larchmont and uh, at Sarah Newman Nursing Home, which is a Jewish nursing home with uh, a great many Catholics, uh, the local synagogues would come in on Christmas Day to take the uh, people to uh, mass in the in the nursing home because all the Christians volunteers would be you know celebrating with their families, and they did this not only at Christmas but also at Easter. There was always that uh, compassion for one another that was present. Yeah. It was inspirational. Look, I, you know, I'm, a, I'm chaplain with FDNY, and one of the things I'm, I make sure they know and they do know by now. Is a Christmas Day. I'm on. Make sure you call me. Don't call, you know, the Christian chaplains. This is their holy day, and I'll gladly cover for them. I'm I'm available. Uh, and to me, it's like a proud moment that I can be there, as others have been there for us. We can, you know, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur. The Christians volunteer for the Jews. Well, come Christmas, other holy days, we volunteer for them. That's the way it should be. That's re- that that's spiritual reciprocity. Uh, that's appreciating, you know, how we are equals. Um, so uh, I, I think there's much to be proud of this time of year in spite of in spite of the difficulty. Look, story of Hanukkah, a little bit of oil, right, a little bit of oil. And look how far it went. A small people, look how far we are. Uh, it's the little stuff that becomes the big stuff, but the little stories need to be told. We just can't ignore them. Uh, so I, I, I appreciate, Joyce, what you're doing in promoting this kind uh, of publicity. People have to hear because otherwise, when you if, if all you read is that that negative stuff, you get up each day and say, what's the sense? What's the sense of, you know, no matter what I do, they're going to get us. They're going to destroy us. They hate us. You know, it, it creates a certain mood where you just feel so despondent that you, you're not determined to do anything uh, to change it. 
Well, first, I really want to reiterate that uh, Father Brian and Rabbi Potesnik, you really are my heroes. I wish the world was made up more of brothers and sisters uh, in faith like both of you. And you know, Rabbi, I'm very grateful that you introduced me to Father Brian. And on Christmas Day, he I is hope doing he's grateful. our Christmas not, show. I'm going to make sure he's grateful, though. <laughs> 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 but I, I want to really let people know that on Christmas Day, you were saying how it's their day, and of course it is. I was afraid to ask, but I do believe in miracles. Uh, Father Brian is doing our Christmas show right on Christmas Day. Wow. Wow. That's a, that's a sacrifice. That of is course. a sacrifice. Yeah. And, and I, but I, only I'm Joyce aware. Barry, only Joyce <laughs> Barry can get that to happen. I don't you know, know if it's you me know, or he's doing it for Joyce, you, Joyce, you know what Father Brian and I say? We fight for your principles, but retreat when you see Joyce coming. That's <laughs> what we say. Because what I heard about you, Rabbi, is you know everyone, and people don't want to turn you down. So as grateful as I am, I suspect that it's my connection to you that gives me Oh, I see. Power. I see. Well, let me tell you, Father McWeeny is an inspiration to all of us because uh, he's he never says no that you know and that's why he's uh, you know he runs ragged i mean he's everywhere uh you know imagine he runs down to lower manhattan for a hanukkah menorah he runs uptown to another celebration he's at a funeral he's at a wedding he's at every kind of occasion where he's asked to attend um and even god rested one day a week father McWeeny, i don't think rests any day of the week so he outdo, he outdoes god uh in the stories Anyway. I, I, I enjoy uh, being with uh, the people of God, and uh, some happen to be uh, of the Jewish faith, some are happen to be uh, Christian, but they're all God's people, and uh, that's, that's what brings joy to my heart. Well, it brings joy to my heart, and I'm very humbled by having both of you as my guests. Rabbi, what message do you want to leave our people with at this holiday time? You know, Joyce, I think we're given a we're given a choice in this world. We can burn bridges, we can build bridges. There are some people who are very good at removing, you know, support so we're not connected to each other. There are other people uh who certainly are able to build bridges uh that have many lanes so we can walk in our particular lane, observing our particular uh tradition, and yet there comes a point where those lanes merge. Uh it was Cardinal Dolan said the other day, we all belong to these separate groups. We have one commander-in-chief. You know, we have our armies, one commander-in-chief. And I think this time of year, Hanukkah, Christmas, uh, remind us, yes, I can be a good Jew, a good Christian, uh, but there is a a God to whom we are all accountable. Absolutely. Uh, and I would also like to ask that you leave us with your special prayer. Uh, Father Brian uh, shared his earlier. What is your special prayer? You know, my prayer is this, that uh, I think of the word for bread in Hebrew, which is lechem. With that three letters, you can form two other words. One is lochem to fight. The other is cholem to dream. Some people we see have to fight for a piece of bread. There are other people who just dream to fight. And we, uh, people of faith, uh, will continue to fight for a dream, uh, for a world where there is room for all faiths, uh, because we need to see each other as as one family. Uh, When we see that, we'll know that our prayers have been answered, not only by what we have said, but what we have done. Amen to that. Uh, So I really want to thank you both for taking time out of your insane schedules to be on our show today. I feel very blessed, and I really know in my heart of hearts your voices will make a difference out there. You are both such an inspiration. And I want to close on some holiday reflections by our friend John Bell, who is a very popular radio personality. These are his holiday reflections. Funny how every once in a while we start reflecting on life. Has it ever made sense? Will it ever make sense? We wonder why we spend so much time doing things we have to do and so little time doing the things we really want to do. 
We spend so much time with people who add nothing to our lives and so little time with people we love. We acquire too much that's only temporary and too little that has lasting value. We face new challenges, but with old ideas. We open and close our hearts at the wrong times, often letting in sorrow and excluding joy. We figure out the answers, but long after it's too late to solve the problems. And yet, we rise each morning, ready to fill another day with our hopes and dreams and aspirations, determined to make it all different, to do it better, do it right this time. Our dreams are filled with hopes for brand new tomorrows. Langston Hughes said, hold fast to your dreams. For if dreams die, life is but a broken-winged bird that cannot fly. We must all hold fast to our dreams, so that even when our wings are broken, our spirit is not. Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays, folks. May you be blessed. And think of each day as Christmas, as Hanukkah. Be joyful and share with those of you know that are less blessed and less fortunate than you. Thank you, Father Brian. You're always welcome on our show. Thank you, Rabbi Potasnik. We are very grateful to both of you. Father Brian, peace and love. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for your time and being with us. Bye-bye.